Good afternoon. Welcome in to the PowerMizzou.com post-game live show live from the Holiday Inn in Sacramento, where we have just walked about a block from the Golden One Center, where the Missouri Tigers, for the first time in 13 years, are through to round two of the NCAA tournament, a 76-65 winner over Utah State in the third game of the tournament, I guess uh, that would be. And um, a good day, certainly, for Mizzou as they manage to advance. Uh, Drew King is going to be along shortly before we bring Drew into the show. I do want to remind you guys, James Carlton knows a good thing when he sees it. He's going to get some bang for his buck because this Missouri season just keeps going on. And James has been the sponsor of our live shows during basketball season all year long. CarltonInsurance.net, 314-961-4800. You get in touch with James. You get an insurance quote. First of all, he's probably going to save you money. Second of all, even if he doesn't, if you get a quote from him and you mention Power Mizzou, he's going to donate $20 to the Power Mizzou arm of the Every True Tiger Foundation NIL Collective. We've also got uh, a special thing going on on our message board. People who joined up for the NCAA Tournament Challenge with ETTF donated 100 bucks a piece. You can still sign up for the round two challenge because Missouri's still alive. Uh, so all those ways you can go through Power Mizzou and through James Carlton to help out Mizzou's NIL efforts. We are going to add in Drew King, not in the business center, but in the uh, in the hotel bar, uh, which does not open for an hour and 26 minutes. Right. Not that either <laughs> one of us, Drew, is counting those minutes down by any no. stretch of the imagination, right? Not at all. God forbid. Um, so, look, let's just start. I, there's only one place to start in this game for me. And I do want to invite you guys, comments, questions, put them up. Alex is uh, behind the scenes. He's producing for us. He's going to just throw up your comments, questions throughout this, the, the uh, broadcast. We will certainly react to him. So if you've got comments, throw them up. But, Drew, the, the place to start simply is this. Kobe Brown, freaking legacy game. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know how else to put it. That kid put his name forever in the record books of this program today. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it coming into the game, right? We, we thought that Utah State had good players. Mizzou has good players. Utah State doesn't have the star, right, that Mizzou does with Kobe Brown. And that showed up today because Mizzou was trailing in the second half, and Kobe is the one who brought them back almost single-handedly, single right? Um, and it, it, what was really funny to me was it wasn't in the way we thought it was going to be either, right? It wasn't a back-to-the-basket, I'm going to bully you to the rim type of game. It was He was going to light them up um, from three, right, with, with an inch of space in front of them. So um, you're absolutely right. This was the Kobe Brown legacy game. I think that's the right way, right thing to call it. And, and the one play that, that I thought was bigger than any of them, though, was he got the ball out on the wing, and he mm -hmm. spins, and it's this reverse dunk. Trey Gomillion asked him in the locker room, how, how would you rate that dunk on a scale of 1 to 10? And Kobe looked at Ben Sternberg, and Sternberg said 23. Um, so, so it was a 23 <laughs> on 1 to 10. Um, look, there were plays all over the place. Um, well, and – I think he turned to the bench in that moment. He said in the press conference and he, he yelled at Gates, I'm here. I'm here. And that was, he really was, that was he, after the second, that was after the second three, he said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's right. But yeah, I mean, like 
the Kobe Brown arrived right on time to save the day from Mizzou because it wasn't looking good up until that point. And there you see it, 19, eight assists, two steals, or eight rebounds, two assists, two steals, eight for nine from the floor, guys. He had, he had I think it was four points at halftime because mm-hmm. he was two for two because he, he was just, he wasn't out there, um, right? He, he, he picked up a defensive foul that he earned and an offensive foul that I don't really know if he earned. But whatever, he got it. Let's talk, while we're there, let's talk about, I thought, Drew, masterful job by Dennis Gates getting to halftime with nobody on his team with three fouls. Yes, because, well, I I don't know if it was like Dennis Gates's you know, skill that, that was able to do that. Right. Cause he was putting guys out there with two fouls. Um, and and right. I think it was, I think it was more on the players recognizing like, I can't foul in this situation or I'm going to have to really sit down and, and miss a lot of time. Um, because like you saw Kobe Brown go out there with two fouls and um, he couldn't really defend the rim at all. Right. Like guys would get he, by. He him did and, have one blocked shot with two fouls though, where I said, yeah, Look, I think it was a clean block. I think it was a good no call. But, man, it was ballsy to make that play with two fouls. Yeah, but I also saw him, like, just kind of play Olay defense because there wasn't anything else he could really do there. Um, and, and kind of the same with Sean East, who who got a little aggressive trying to get after the steals. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was smart to play in a style that limited, you know, somebody from getting three fouls. I don't know that I would credit Dennis Gates for all of it, though. Well, not all of it, but some of it. I mean, he was doing some offense defense with Aiden Shaw, who also yeah. had two fouls. And I have to believe someone on the bench before every time before Kobe went back in the game had told him, you can't drive, man. You can't you. We cannot have you get three fouls because we cannot win this game without you. Um, and, and they yeah. couldn't have won the game without him, obviously. And, and Kobe is going to get the headlines and he is going to deserve them. Demoy yes. Hodge. Phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. so. With with 10.45 to go in the second half, I tweeted, it was at that point a tie game, and I tweeted, I said, Missouri needs to run everything through Kobe Brown. In the next three-ish minutes, Kobe had 12 points, a rebound, and a steal. And then after that 12-0 run, Bois Hodge scored the next eight for Missouri. I thought, to me, the biggest play of the game was – Missouri got the ball out of bounds with like 4.5 seconds left yes. to shoot. And Hodge was inbounding the ball, and Noah Carter was up on the wing. And where you and I were sitting, I, I'm sure you heard it, Hodge grabs the ball and he yells, Noah, Noah. Noah, and Carter Noah. looks at him. Yeah, Carter looks at him, and Hodge throws him the ball, cuts baseline, and Carter immediately bounce pass, dunk. I don't remember the exact score at that point, but it like put Missouri from up six to up eight or up eight to up 10. Like it kind of made you think, okay, I think they're going to get this done. And gigantic play called in game. I asked Hodge and Carter about it. And they both said, we've tried to do that all season long. Like we've, we have that play. We want to run it. It just, we haven't been able to get it. it. Either it's been covered or Noah hadn't made the pass or whatever, but they got it and they got it at just the absolute best time yeah i mean demoy was making big play after big play for them there was a moment in the first half where um it was a loose ball demoy 
came out with it. I think he it got credited as an offensive rebound, but it, it kind of should have been a steal, in my opinion. Um, and he he drove into Dan Atkin from Utah State. Um, and rather than trying to finish over the top of him, he pitches it to DeAndre Golston, who's underneath the basket with him, and he gets the layup, right? I mean, Demoy was playing on like pure instinct out there. He wasn't thinking about anything. He wasn't thinking about how big the moment was. He was just out there playing ball and whooping Utah State. They didn't have an answer for him. He was phenomenal. I thought it was his best defensive game. Like he got steals, but he wasn't. It wasn't. He, he, he wasn't, wasn't Bo Jackson beat. running out of the tunnel. Yes, he was not Bo Jackson running up the tunnel in Seattle. I mean, he was. It was good defense, you know. And so, so let's go there. Four for twenty-three from Utah State from three. Now, I don't think any of us would have seen that coming. And and look, we talked this morning before we left the hotel, and we said. I think Missouri can win this game without shooting lights out. I don't think Utah State can win this game if they don't shoot well from three, and and that proved to be true. They started over. They were over eleven in the first half. I think started over thirteen. Um, mm-hmm. was that just a bad day, or was that Missouri's defense? Um. Well, Dennis Gates will tell you that was Missouri's defense. Um, Des Moines you know, Hodge I, told me it was Missouri's defense. Yes. Um, but because what they wanted to do was force Utah State to score inside rather than outside because they're not as comfortable um, putting up points that way. And so Utah State did a good job of adjusting, right? They got to the rim and, and made their shots in the paint. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that the inability to knock down shots from outside um, really kind of took them out of sync, especially down the stretch when um, they needed to rally and weren't able to, which allowed Mizzou to pull away there. In the game, I just looked this up, Utah State from two-point range was 24 for 35. That is 70%. I mean, if they stepped yeah. inside that three-point line, they made the shot. So, now look, I'm not going to say that Utah State didn't miss open three. Like, they they had some clean looks that just didn't go in, right? Yes. But I do give Missouri some credit because the game plan clearly was we are going to hound them out there, and if they score two at a time, we think we're going to beat them. And yeah, that's what happened. Exactly. Like, uh, and they, I think they were able to get that high of a percentage from inside because of how much right. they were sticking to the shooters outside. There wasn't as much help defense coming down whenever somebody got beat off the dribble. And so, yeah, I, but like you said, that was Missouri's way to win. Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. A, they got to 70 points. The magic number is still alive. And, and B, they didn't allow Utah State to get to 70 points, which, um, you know, that's that's kind of the game plan all year is, is just to outscore the other team. And um, Missouri was making threes. Utah was making twos. And, and that's kind of what the difference was today. couple numbers there that, that jump off to me on this graphic we've got on the screen right now. First of all, Utah State. 15 turnovers. Like, that's not a terrible number against Missouri. You'd like it to be a little better. But what struck me, Drew, they were in bunches. They had Mm -hmm. four in the first four before the under-16 timeout when Missouri kind of established, you know, like a a four- to six-point lead. And then Mm -hmm. they went through a long stretch, really last 10 minutes of the first half, first 10 minutes of the second half. They took pretty good care of the basketball. And then all of a sudden you had another flurry of, like I would be willing to bet eight or nine of those turnovers came in about eight minutes of game time. Yeah. I I think that um, 
it, it, part of it was Nick Honor too, because I feel like Nick Honor got his hands on the ball in that first play of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then when the spark, the, the turnaround happened in the second half, Nick Honor was the guy um, being really pesky around Stephen Ashworth. And so um, I, I, let me check to see how many steals he ended up with, because I feel like it was either three or four here. Uh, it, it was three on the day. And so, um, yeah, I, I think him and Des Moines did a really good job on the ball handlers. Utah State um, was obviously like aware that they needed to be, you know, a little bit tighter with it at certain times of the game. But when um, kind of when it mattered most, Des Moines and, and Nick were able to come up with those turnovers that really impacted the game. They got credit for seven of of nine of Missouri's nine steals. Kobe got the other two. But here's what box scores don't show. I remember distinctly at least two plays where Noah Carter deflected the ball and ended up in a steal. Noah Carter yeah. gets no credit for that in the box score, right? Kobe made a play like that. Like there were, a, it was a team. I thought this was as well as Missouri has played defensively probably all season. Season? Um, I can't think of any it, it, against a real team in a game that. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I, I Illinois. Mean, yeah, maybe Illinois. I, I'll have to uh, think a little bit more about it. But yeah, th- yeah. this was absolutely a, a great defensive performance out of them. And so, man at arms wants to know. And Drew, you wrote about wrote about this uh, last night a little bit. How much credit goes to the assistant coaches and and the guys he calls his offensive and defensive coordinator? So you wrote about the staff yesterday, mm-hmm. and and I think it's important to note the staff here is not just Charlton Young and Dickie Nutt and Kyle Smith Peters. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Smith Peters, by the way, uh, has the scout on Arizona. I think you had written. Uh, yes, that's so, correct. And no, sorry, it's, it's actually CY that has Arizona. It's CY. Uh, Sharbaugh has Princeton if they okay. end up winning. Okay, so Arizona's up 10 with 12 minutes left to go. So CY going to earn his money tonight and uh, and tomorrow, I would think, in all likelihood. But, but I mean, that staff does absolutely deserve a, a, a decent portion of credit. Yeah, I was I was actually talking to Ryan Sharbaugh in the tunnel yesterday, and he was like, I've just been so focused on Utah State's offense and what they do because – I have to get them ready for, you know, how we're going to approach that defensively. So, yeah, D- Dennis Gates puts a lot of trust in those guys to come up with the game plans, and I thought they had a good one today. And so along those lines, it's also the players on this team. With about six minutes to go, Trago Million, who was guys legitimately in tears on the yeah. bench in pregame warmups because he knew he couldn't play. Now, whether he knew he couldn't play or he was told he couldn't play, we have no idea really. But like it, it, you could tell across the court that, that Trey was in tears and his teammates were coming over and, and all that. And with about six minutes to go, Trey Gomillion got off, off the bench. And I actually thought, oh, my God, Trey's going in the game. He just walked up in full warm-ups, walked about 15 feet over the gates and said something to him. And and I asked Trey afterwards like what, what that exchange was, and he said, I was just – I was just trying to make sure Gates was calm. You know, I was just reminding him to keep confidence in our guys. I just wanted to settle him down. Like, the fact that a dude that isn't even in the game is comfortable doing that. Like, I I, I don't want to lean too much into what Dennis says about his players being coaches and this and that. But, like, there's truth to it. it it's not nothing. Yeah, I mean I- – Dennis called him Coach Go Million today because right. yeah. and and um, he said that when they made that decision that Trey wasn't going to play today, um, he, he told Trey, "I still need you. Like we still need you to be, um, you know, in the game 
and and to help as much as you can because I, I think Trey is an, a player that has a really high basketball IQ and, and he's somebody who can galvanize his teammates. And so, um, yeah, Trey absolutely made an impact on the game, even though he wasn't playing. Um, I, I also want to talk about Aiden Shaw a little bit because mm-hmm. um, he was a part of that run in the second half where Kobe got hot and he came into the game and actually made eye contact with them. He kind of walked over and, you know, this is his first tournament game. Um, I think he played a little bit in the first half, but not a whole lot. And his team is down. Right. And so I'm expecting him to have some kind of jitters or nerves. And he looks so calm. Like I've never seen somebody so relaxed in that spot. And it, it, it really made me think like Aiden thinks he belongs out here. Like he, he thinks he's really going to make a big time play. And he did. He absolutely looked like um, somebody who should belong on the NCAA tournament floor. And he, you know, played some really solid defense for them. I don't think he ended up with a a rebound in the second half, at least. But, um, you know, still played with a lot of energy that the team needed in that spot. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that, players all across the board stepped up today like Kobe had his moment but throughout the game you had a lot of people um you know having their shot no question I mean Nick Honor made a huge shot Sean East made a huge shot Dre Golston had a little run there in the second half early um but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Shaw um and I want to address him uh I angered a member of the Shaw family on Twitter um early in the oh. game um and like I kind of want to explain what I mean when I tweeted what I did. So Aiden picked up his second foul with, you know, it was pretty early, like 13, 14 minutes when Missouri went through that run of, they went from two fouls to seven in like three seconds. Um, And Aiden picked up his second foul. And I tweeted, I said, Aiden Shaw has two fouls. I said, I think Gates is probably going to leave him out there because he's not going to play a ton of minutes anyway. Now, what I meant by that, look, Aiden ended the game with 10 minutes. That is not a ton of minutes. That doesn't mean they are not important minutes. They were very important minutes for Missouri because every minute that he was on the court was a minute that Noah Carter or Kobe Brown got a rest, right? And, 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 and look, Mohamed Diara, it it was pretty evident. He played three first half minutes. It, it wasn't the right matchup. It wasn't going to work. So, so they needed Aiden. My only point was, Kobe's got two fouls. East has two fouls. Shaw has two fouls. Somebody has to be the sacrificial lamb that you just say, look, man, you're going to have to play with two. And if you get four in the first half, we just have to live with it. And to me, that was Aiden Shaw because you can't do that with Kobe. And with Gomillion out, I'm not sure you can do it with East. But you can do it with Aiden Shaw where you say, look, not that you're unimportant, but like we need to steal a few minutes. And Aiden Shaw is a 10 to 12 minute a game guy right now. And that, again, those are important minutes in no way yeah. is that meant as an insult. Right. And especially like you said, you know, Trey is out, Ronnie DeGray warmed up, but didn't play. Um, so if not Aiden, like you're looking Tiara at wasn't Mabor playing Majak. today. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, you were potentially going to look at Mabor Majak coming on the floor. So um, I, I, yeah, I think that Aiden, knows what his role is right now it's not necessarily a a big minutes getter but i i think he absolutely did make an impact with the minutes that he was out there for sure totally totally agree with that and um 
you know, you mentioned everybody, and, and Danny's lemon drop brings up a good point. From a non-basketball perspective, this team is so likable, so many great personalities. And I want you guys to we've got we've got five video interviews from the locker room up on our front page right now. We talked to Hodge and Kobe and uh Nick Honor, Noah Carter, and Sean East, I think, are the other ones there. We talked to every player, I think, on the roster. Like legitimately every player on the roster. Yeah. Much. But those are the five we have up on video. Um it really it, it's a an easy team to root for, Drew. Yeah, well, because a lot of them, like, were so overlooked coming to Missouri, right? Like, Kobe Brown was a three-star. Um, Des Moines, Trey Gomillion, Juco guys. DeAndre Golston came from Milwaukee, who um, and, and had never made an NCAA tournament before. Same with Noah Carter at, at Northern Iowa, right? So, like, these are guys who... Um, we're not supposed to, or people didn't think that they were supposed to. Nobody to told perform. them they're not supposed to be this good. Yes, and it yeah. turns out they are. Right, they're they're now one of the top thirty-two teams in the country with a chance to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a team that is full of misfit toys um, that has, you know, really made something of itself. I feel like. Yeah. I'm amazed it took 24 minutes for someone to make a comment about the unmade bed in the background. Look, guys, it's the freaking Holiday Inn in Sacramento. We are uh, we we ran back over from the arena to do the live show, but it's it's cool. I get what you're saying. Um, I, I know that uh, that you said uh, Dennis Gates uh, drew took a little shot right at you know nobody nobody has believed in us and and yes. like I don't even hold that against him. This team is allowed to do that. They have earned it because I think yeah. he's right. Right. And and uh, I think he was exaggerating a little bit when he said nobody believed in us, right? But uh, there were absolutely like a lot of people who did doubt this team um, and, and did doubt whether they could come out with a win over Utah State specifically. So I do get like he definitely feels vindicated with this win. Um, and, it, you know, talking to him after the game, he said he cried. And DeAndre Golson said it's the first time he's ever seen Dennis Gates cry. And it's because like his old college coach, Ben Braun, was in attendance and a bunch of his former teammates were there. Like it, this win made a lot to Dennis. I mean, like like if Dennis Gates cries, dude, like. When robots cry, that that could could create <laughs> rust. I mean, that might be a problem. I didn't. I don't know if Dennis can, Dennis like the Tin Man, dude. He's got to get some more oil. Um, you know, and, and I say that like he. I say that because like I've written, if he wore a Fitbit during games, it would be a straight line, right? Like I, this yes. is a joke, I mean, but he is just so he is so even keel, so robotic, and um, I think now see if Dennis was just. If if he was saying nobody believed we would win this game today, I'm I'm gonna disagree with that. I mean, look, I I I had people ask me this morning. I said I think they win by ten because I don't think Utah State can guard Kobe and Noah Carter. And so I, there were people. I saw plenty of people pick them today. Jay Wright's picked them to the Sweet Sixteen. You know, but if his larger point is nobody believed we could be here. He's a hundred percent. There's not one person in America who thought this team would be 25 and nine. And in the second round of the NCAA tournament, not one. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. I don't think there is one. I mean, not outside not that even... locker room. No. Yeah. I agree with you. They just turned it, on the it, TV next to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Princeton back within six, like that game is not over. 
Um, so so it's pretty interesting. Drew and I really wanted to hang over, hang out over at the Golden One Center and watch the second half of this one, but yeah, uh, figured figured we should show up. And so uh, there's the halftime score, which was what it was when we started. Arizona's now up 51-45. Princeton 51-48. Arizona with six and a half minutes to go. And look, like. I understand why all Missouri fans want Princeton to win, and I think you should want Princeton to win. Princeton is an easier matchup. But we are now at the point, after if you play Thursday after Thursday, or for the teams that play Friday after Friday, every game the rest of the way, like you are playing somebody who has earned their way there and is a good basketball team, after round one, seeds do not matter to me at all. Like Princeton yeah. might be a 15 seed. But if they beat Arizona, they can 100 come out percent come out and beat you on on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's it's also March too, right? Like March is gonna march. We're gonna have these double digit seeds make a run to the Sweet 16. There's always one of them, so uh, it, it very well could be Princeton. Yeah, uh, uh, but but look, if you are a Missouri fan, yes, root for Princeton for the next six and a half minutes. I don't think there's any question about it. So, so 2010, Drew. How old were you? God, this is going to piss me off, but go ahead and answer. I was 14 in 2010. You were 14 in Tyler, Texas, uh, playing yes. peewee hoops against Patrick Mahomes or something like that, right? Um, Yeah, that probably would have been the last time I played Patrick right. if if right. that was when I was playing. Point, point Actually, being, yes. so... Yes, that's correct. Is that so? It, it, it we, we some of us were kind of having some fun in the locker room asking guys, like, you know, where were you 13 years ago? Do you know why that matters? And a few of them, like <laughs> Trey Golston said, that was the last time we won a game, right? And and I asked Nick Honor, I said, you know, how old were you? And and I said, do you know why 2010 matters? He said, I have no idea. I said, it was the last time Missouri won a tournament game, and he just laughed, you know. And it, it really, I talked to Phil Pressy who is an assistant, a GA on this team. Yeah, I, I said, you would have been a freshman the last time Missouri won a tournament game, right? Phil said, no, we lost in the first round all three of my years. He was a senior in high school the last time Missouri won a tournament wow. game. Like, this is a huge deal, guys. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I now have to come up with something. I, the quote of the day was from Aiden Shaw. Vahe Gregorian asked, was asking him, and he said, you know, it's been uh, – been 40 4746 days uh since Missouri had won a tournament game and and Aiden said zero days now you know um like we started over we start the countdown over this is it would have been a good year had they gotten beat today it is now not one person can have one issue with this season i do not care yeah. if they lose to Arizona on Saturday i do not care if they lose to Princeton I, whatever happens from here on out, this season is unassailably like huge success. Yeah, like we said yesterday, um, it's it's the punctuation mark that the season needed, right? There's a period on the end of the sentence now that Mizzou had a good series season. Period. Um, yeah. So yeah, like you're right. No matter what happens tomorrow, like this season was a, a complete success right um in, in every aspect um because i mean like non-conference they they did everything they were supposed to 
Mm -hmm. SEC, they overachieved, moved up from 11th to 4th. Um, SEC tournament got a win there over a Tennessee team, and, and now they've won on the biggest stage um, in college basketball. So um, they, they've just won at every level, Gabe. Like, that's that's yep. kind of the takeaway for, for, for me from today, was just like they have won at every single point along the season. They were picked 11th in the SEC. They are now, without question, one of the 32 best basketball teams in America. Um, you know, pretty impressive. Uh, no question about it. Um, so I had seen a comment earlier, and I, it, it's, it's probably well in the past. I doubt Alex can find it. But somebody had asked about the fouls and the officiating. So one of the numbers, Alex, if you can put up that box score graphic again, one of the numbers that jumped out to me is Utah State was 5 of 8 from the free throw line. Utah State was five of eight from the free throw line with about four minutes left in the first half. They didn't shoot a free throw in the second half. Yeah. Missouri never got to the bone. Uh, Utah State never got to the bonus in the second half. Missouri could have shot free throws better, twelve for eighteen. Um, I thought the Kobe charge was bad. I thought the Sean East charge was horrendous in the second half. But like overall, I, I mean, these things even out. Can we talk about Utah State picking up a technical? We can. Um, I'll, I'll say this. It I was, mean, that kid, first of all, it was a player. It was not a coach. Yes. It was a player on the Utah State bench. I would love to know what he said because that ref did not hesitate. No, he didn't. And maybe it was that he had said something every time down the floor. Um, but I, I, I did think the game was kind of weirdly officiated, right? Because early on they were calling everything um, – a, a charge right, right. And, and then it, it kind of flipped at some point and they they stopped calling anything after that so and, and here's um, what you find uh, here's what i've always found in the ncaa tournament like sometimes in the first half there might be some whistles and kudos to alex for finding that comment from andy becker and putting it up there um sometimes you do see some whistles in the first half but by and large these officials in the second half are going to let the players decide the game. NCAA tournament games are called differently than regular season games. And if anything, I thought Missouri got the benefit of a whistle in the second half. Like, and, mm -hmm. and I thought it was pretty well officiated. They were pretty consistent in the second half. But if anything, I thought it helped Missouri. I mean, Nick Honor threw a dude on the floor and didn't get called for a charge. There were a couple of, of defensive plays that I thought could have been called. But overall, I thought, I, I mean, yes, the Kobe charge, I can nitpick that. The Sean East charge, I thought was bad. But, you know, there was another one where uh, Chris from the Tribune and I were sitting next to each other. We clearly thought Kobe got away with a hook, you know, and, and they didn't yeah. call that, um, you know, so – those things are going to even out over the course of the game. Want to want to thank Rich Ramsey tossing us a little super chat. Uh, Shouts to Rich. Waitress, that that's appropriate with uh, with Drew being in the hotel bar right now. Um, and and I should have said at some point, hit the like button, subscribe, do all the the things that help us out, guys. We're doing these uh, pretty much every day during the postseason when Missouri's playing, and and we do appreciate it and appreciate the support from from James Carlton, but also from you guys. Um, so yeah, I think second half like. We, we've said all year, Drew, the fewer fouls the officials call, the better it is for Missouri. And it came through. 
Yeah, absolutely. And man, Dan Atkin was pretty upset on some of those calls. I, I was kind of oh, surprised no he wasn't the one who got the tag because um, he definitely felt like there was um, an equal amount of contact between he, him and Kobe, but he was not getting the same amount of calls that Kobe did. I, I tell you what we could do right now. I would get I would throw in an NCAA jail and we could never do and YouTube jail, but I could just turn my camera toward my TV with the Princeton game and everybody could watch it. But uh, no, I, I think we'll get in trouble with that. It is 55, 52, Arizona, three fifty nine to go. Um, as Missouri right, well, went. And so somebody had asked about uh, potential game times and we're not going to know that they're not going to set those until the Thursday games are done. So like, we're probably not going to find out till, you know, 10, 11 o'clock tonight, I think when Missouri will play. And I think it's dependent on who they'll play. Cause I think a Missouri Arizona game is in a better time slot than a Missouri Princeton game. Yes, I agree. Gabe, they're telling me that they're about to vacuum in the bar. So I think we got to wrap okay. it up pretty soon. Here. Okay. We will wrap it up just real quick, Drew, um, you know, let the people know kind of what you're writing. Yeah, so um, mainly about Kobe, you know, the the just how he was kind of the difference maker today. Um, obviously, Dennis Gates, it was a really meaningful game for him as well. And so um, I'll have that up pretty soon here. So be on the lookout for that. All right. So Drew's got that. I'm going to write a story just kind of about this team and how, of course, this team won this game because this team has won this game all season long. Drew, I'm going to go ahead and take you out of the screen and let okay. you go so the vacuum doesn't come over. Appreciate you uh, joining us. Drew, going to get to work on the site. I'm going to hang out with here with you guys for just a couple minutes and, and wrap it up. But, but I'm going to write a little bit about this team. And somebody made the comparison. I think it was last week after the Tennessee game in the SEC tournament. Somebody said this team can be Missouri's version of Kentucky's Unforgettables. And that was the team that, you know, brought them back from probation and and pushed Duke and Leitner to the to the brink and all that. And that team became known. It, I mean, it was love day one, right? They got to an elite eight. That, that, that team was absolutely loved. But why would they were really truly loved is because that program went on and Rick Patino won a title. And Tubby Smith won a title. And Kentucky was back. And that was the first day everybody knew Kentucky was back. So part of it certainly is going to be what happens going forward. But part of it also, guys, this program is back today. It is back now. It is not going to be back next year. It is not going to be back in two years. It is back in the NCAA tournament and a winner with a guy that's going to go down as one of the best Missouri basketball players in the last 15 years or so um, in Kobe. Like, look, I, I love Kobe Brown. I'm not going to put him in the Melvin Booker, Anthony Peeler, Doug Smith type conversation. That's not a thing. But he is going to go down as the face of this particular revival of Missouri basketball. And that matters. And Demoy Hodge is going to go down with Cassius Robertson and Alex Alex Oriaki and and all, maybe the best all-time one-year player Missouri's had, right? And Noah Carter and Sean Easton, Nick Honor and Dre Golston all have a chance to kind of join that conversation and be in that group. And Aiden Shaw and all these guys, 10 years from now, if Missouri is what you want it to be and if Dennis Gates is what he want, you want him to be, this is the team you're going to remember. This is the one you're going to look at and say, that's when it started. 
And this day in Sacramento is when it started. Because, yes, it was all season long. And, and, and yes, it would have been a great year and a fun year anyway. But this changes everything. They have won an NCAA tournament game. They're one of 32 teams that still has a chance to do what Dennis Gates has talked about all year. And that is cut down nets on April 3rd. And is it likely? Of course it's not likely. It's not likely for anybody. But they've got a chance. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, you know, these shows... I really feel like some of these shows could last so long. I mean, we could go on for an hour and a half, two hours, take your guys' comments and all that. Um, but Drew has stories to write. I've got stories to write. Um, we're you know, we're going to have media days tomorrow with Missouri and either Princeton or Arizona. Arizona, a one-point lead with 250 to go right now. Um, so we got a lot of stuff coming. We've got video on the site. We've got the full transcript of the press conference with Dennis Gates, Kobe Brown, and Des Moines Hodge. Drew's got a story coming. I got a story coming. All kinds of stuff, guys. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Appreciate James Carlton Insurance for being our sponsor all season long. CarltonInsurance.net, 314-961-4800, Facebook.com slash Carlton Insurance. Get in touch with James. Um, get a quote from him. He's going to save you money on insurance. He's going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL Collective if you get that quote. Everybody wins. Want to thank Drew for hanging out. Want to thank Alex Stenman, our producer behind the scenes. Uh, I, I think these shows look a lot cooler when you guys got some graphics and some things to look at other than my unmade bed and Drew and his lady in the business center and all that. So appreciate everything Alex is doing for us on real short notice here in the postseason. And uh, guys, before you leave, like button, subscribe button on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, share it on social media, say good things. We may be back tomorrow. I don't really know. We'll definitely be back Saturday. We will have coverage tomorrow regardless. Thanks, y'all. Second round awaits. Talk to you next time.